Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. I'm your host, Marcus Engel. With me, as always, is The Hotness. Hi, babe. You are accumulating more and more points, points every right. day. Yep, yeah, yep. We talk about that a lot. Yeah, I get good brownie points with you my do. wife. You do. It gets you out of trouble. You just go, but I call you the hotness. Yeah, that's all that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this is a podcast where we teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. And uh, we, we were, we've been having some conversations. Or, well, we always have conversations around here. That's one of the things that I love so much about my marriage and our relationship is that you and I never seem to find things that we, we, we never seem to run out of things to talk about. Never seem to run out of things to talk about. being great friends, which is a good foundation for a relationship, I think. And I just can't believe you like me. I can't either. I know. Sometimes it's crazy. (laughs) It must be those brownie points. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so today we were, we were, looking just like at this idea of compassion and we were we were talking it over and uh, you asked me a question like what's what's something you think of whenever you think of compassion right Mm -hmm. and my immediate story is always back to jennifer and it's those it's the story of her holding my hand in the emergency room and using those comforting words i'm here um that's immediately the story but i i also relate that to being a child and having, of course, good parents that I could go to when I was hurt or I was scared or I was um, whatever the case was, that, that a parent taking that child into a loving embrace when the child is vulnerable and scared, to me, that is just the, one of the most natural methods of, of conveying compassion is just such an example of what is compassion bing that's it right there oh i love that i as as a mom i think too i always think oh what did i do right (laughs) and what do my kids remember that um that was crazy so i love that you remember that about your parents well and not just i just think that's the typical mother and child or parent and child kind of dynamic, although we know that what is normal is uh, a myth in our society and that there's enough toxicity in our, in our culture, in our relationships, et cetera, to make that not the experience for everybody. But True. I think that, 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 that essential idea of a mother loving the child is what is human compassion. I love, I love that. And I'm going to tell you that we recently had an event here where you were bitten by a viper. Viper, right? yeah, a pit viper called a water moccasin. And uh, that was in our house. And if you haven't watched that episode, go back and you do need it. To watch go back that. and get the full. Uh, go back and get the full four one one on the old snake bite. I know, and I will tell you that event taught me so much about compassion. Not from a medical standpoint, in a, or I should say, in addition, in addition to a medical standpoint, but just in a basic concept of human to human, um, and maybe and, even human to canine, right? Yes, because that, that in the be midst of this trauma, in the midst of this trauma, the thing. I'm worried about was my C&I dog, James, being hurt by this snake or running around the house when there's or or being here alone whenever they have to take me to the hospital. 
And that's where we really saw compassion in action right? Correct. And I know that I can't go to the hospital and stay here and take care of James. And I'm thinking I'm going to be running back and forth all the time. And I don't, I just want to sit with you. And we got to witness something that has really encouraged and inspired me to think of things differently. And that is that all there's, we notice there's almost two kinds of people and I know every event is different. So this isn't judging, but, um, there's the kind of people that I have been where you say, um, Oh, let me know if you need anything. Let me know how I can help. And right. And that's a beautiful sentiment. And, uh, and they, I don't believe there's not, I've always meant it if I've said Mm -hmm. that. And sometimes they're far away and, and there's really not much practical they can do. And then there's the kind of people who almost know what you need before you know what you need. And having the opportunity to be on the receiving end of that has been humbling and um, inspiring, inspiring, yeah, and and almost devastating in a way, in in all the good ways. Um, we have neighbors who walked in and said, "We've got James. You just go." Yeah, and and I, we knew that these folks are good, decent people. We've lived next door to them for years. For years. They've um, they've helped us out. We've helped them out. It, it, but taking. My dog is a big trust thing, as you can imagine. But at the moment, I didn't have any choice, right? I didn't have any choice. I certainly couldn't have taken care of him. Marveline couldn't have taken care of him. And they simply stepped in, got him on leash and said, hey, we've got him. We've got him. You just go take care of what you need to take care of. We've got the dog. It's true. And almost I'm I'm getting in the car to follow the ambulance going I didn't tell them where his food was. I didn't tell them anything about his daily routine. He's such I a new dog left. that we're still learning him, right? We don't know right? everything about him because he's only been with me for a few months. And he's very energetic. He's, he's very, very spirited puppy. Spirited. He's three, but I always say it's like having a toddler. We've had to childproof everything around here. So it was like this, oh, oh, and then I couldn't think about it anymore. Um, all I could do was go and trust they'll take care of it. And we, of course, exchanged some texts later of, um, you know, here's his food, here's his night routine. But they just took him. And another neighbor who came up and said, if they need backup, we've got him. We've we've had laps. We've got him. We'll take care as well. And before I could even think someone's got to take care of James, it was, we're doing that. You know, there were people who brought things to the hospital before you could ask and would just leave them and not stay when when you couldn't really have visitors yet. You were too tired and too still recovering from surgery and on so much medication. But they would bring Starbucks or something kind and sweet or Greek food. And you didn't ask. They just would say, hey, I'm cooking extra tonight. Can I bring this by and I'll just leave it for you? Um, so back to the idea that we were talking about earlier, that the, it seems like during a crisis there, obviously we're being very generic about this, but it seems like there's often two kinds of people. Those who say, let me know if there's anything that I can do to help. 
And then second, the people who do help and just actually jump in without needing to have it explained because they see the need and they just feel that need. I have often been that kind of person who says, let me know if you need anything. But if that friend that I'm expressing that to is somewhere else, I, I, I can't get there, right? I can't come be a shoulder to cry on unless it's over the phone or Skype or something like that. But the, the idea that you can really help, that's almost something that needs to be witnessed and see, hey, uh, I noticed that you haven't gotten your mail in a couple of days. Let me go grab your mail out of your mailbox. That kind of thing, looking for where there is a need and jumping in to fill that need. That's the kind of person that I want to be, not the person who takes a more passive approach to say, let me know if there's anything I can do to help, which is a beautiful sentiment, but it is rather passive, right? It is. And we... Personally, I, I love receiving, you know, thinking about you, praying for you, holding you in our thoughts, wishing you well. I love that from people, especially if, they, if they're far away. Then the people who um, are an ear and they let me go, I'm so scared or um, I'm so tired. we're worried about this, this or I'm exhausted or my back hurts from being in the recliner. They just are an ear and they're there and we can all offer that no matter where we live and we were so fortunate to have those people as well um and i'm you know i wore the same pajamas that i left in uh for like five or six days and someone uh, brought me a pack of clean underwear so I didn't have to wear dirty underwear. That's gross, I know, but, you know, and a sports bra because I didn't even have a bra on and um, brought you clean undie things yeah. so that we could at least feel a little more human. And um, I will tell you, after like day three of walking the hospital, going to get, you know, ice or whatever down the hallway, you don't really care anymore. And at the end, you're going, wait, did I wear slippers for six days at the hospital? And um, my one of my daughters, who's a nurse, said, Mom, trust me, they've seen worse. So <laughs> I just kind of quit worrying about it. But people who just knew and jumped in and said, what do you need? And you believed them when they said it. And then they put it in action again, almost before you could articulate it. That was one of the most compassionate things I've been on the end of. And I remember you, especially because you were already in so much pain and you were so worried about James and um, wanting to be assured that he did not get bit, that he was okay, that he was taken care of and you missed him. And they would send pictures and videos and tell you cute stories about what he was doing so you would know he's safe. Again, seeing the need and filling it without even needing to be asked to do so. That's a beautiful example of compassion. And that's exactly the kind of stories that we want to continue to bring to you through this Compassion and Courage podcast. And I personally am walking away with it with a more determination than ever to not just 
you know, be passive, but to actually be active with my compassion to help someone else when they're in need and try to see, okay, what would I need in that situation? And then just do it, say, you know, here's dinner or here's a DoorDash card or whatever. Here it is. It's there when you when you want it. When you're ready. Yep. That is compassion. And this is Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare, the podcast where we teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. I want to thank everyone for subscribing and sharing and rating and reviewing and commenting. Um, I want to thank you for passing the podcast along to a friend, even if it's just one friend who might need to have a little bit more compassion and courage in their life. If there is anything that I can do for you in the realms of public speaking engagements, hospital consulting, healthcare consulting, uh, engagement and retention, that's what I'm here to do. Please visit MarcusEngel.com. M-A-R-C-U-S-E-N-G-E-L dot com for more information and drop me an email at Marcus at MarcusEngel.com and we will get you taken care of. Thank you again so much for joining us for this episode of Compassion and Courage.